0: Welcome to the Rewilding Blueprint Podcast, your pit stop for unleashing your primal power. We're here to turbocharge your day, giving you the strategies to resurrect your lean, athletic body and a mindset forged in the furnace of life's challenges. Why? Because this isn't just about workouts. This is about reclaiming your natural born right to a life of vitality success and unbreakable focus. My mission for you is simple. Absorb one game-changing piece of advice from each episode and put it into action today. Are you ready to abandon the stale gym air and tap into your primal roots? Let's get started. We're in. So yeah, welcome to this first group call of this setup. And what we're looking to do is with these Wednesday calls, make them a bit more based around a the theme. And we're going to be looking to use almost the idea of stoicism to do that. And this topic is central to both a stoic uh, approach and the way that we run things through the rewilding blueprint. And with stoicism, it's a, you know it's an ancient philosophy. And it's something that stood the test of time. And that always jumps out to me when something's been around for that many years. It's like, hey, there must be something to this. And essentially what it looks to do is cultivate resilience, control, and also provide a higher level of rationality. This is really important when it comes to decision-making and ultimately when we're looking to get on top of a fitness journey and, and our health, a lot of that comes down to decision-making, right? And when we look at the brain and when we look at how it works, we've got kind of three bits to the brain. We've got the instinctive brain. All that cares about is surviving and passing our gene, genes on. We've got our emotional We've got our emotional brain, which will be led by how we're feeling and what we're thinking. And then we also have our, our rational brain, our logical brain. Although the logical brain is the biggest of all those brain parts, it doesn't always get the look that we want. So what we want to be doing is cultivating our rationality, right? And these attributes are gonna, you know, can profoundly change how we view failure shifting it from a setback to a second and when we look at resilience it's, it's essentially how many times we can stand up to failure and keep moving forward because fuck me when you win every single day it's easy to keep getting better that's a piece of piss right but to really make progress it's seeing how can we view failure to allow us to work with it and and cultivate that resilience everyone with me is that, that making sense yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. So so first up is that sort of dictomy of control. And one thing stoicism really aims to teach is what's within our control. But so focus on what's within our control. And people will call this like an internal level of control. Let go of what's not. And often failure is going to stem from focusing on factors that were never within our control to begin with. And I'll share a recent experience of failure. And I'm sure, everyone knows what it's going to be, and then going to, you know, dissect some elements there. What what were in control, and what wasn't. So, dragon's back race last week did not. You know, I failed that race. I did not get round. I got a quarter of the way round before hitting a, a DNF. And I can, you know, failure did stem from focusing you know, on factors that were never within the control to, to begin with. So, time to a degree, the time available to me to train was not within my control because i tried to shape that as much as i can but there were elements that i just could not get away from right i wasn't able to manage some elements of there and when we then when we then look at that and go right well how do we move forward from that failure if we just focus on those things that were never in our control to start with we're never going to improve there you're never going to step up so well, I know. Like you're taking on, like I said, saying, an awesome challenge at the moment, and you're also struggling with time. So, out of that, there, like, what have you? What's in your control, mate?
1: Well, I mean, I suppose what I'm, I'm trying to do is it's looking at the opportunities. When can I do it? And I've been trying to sort of like fit everything in, around it, but I do know it. One thing i find found is that it takes each session takes longer than I actually thought it would, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah. If thought, right, it's going to be one of those things you, you're not going to travel there because it's on the way home, right? And that's not quite strictly true because you're having to go past where you, you know, and then turn yep. around, turn the car around and come back and then drop your stuff off at you, you know, go down to your exit point, get that all rigged up and then go back to your start point you know turn the car around get got to the start point get changed get in the water you know so it's yeah so it, it's taken a bit a bit longer than I, I was thinking but I mean and there's been some areas where I've had to kind of walk through 100 meters of bracken and you know to get access to you know, <laughs> you, know found, you know and I've had to kind of Done a few reckeys to try and find my way to the lock, you know, because it's, you know, that was part of the challenge, because yeah. it wasn't accessible, you know,
0: yeah, hundred percent
1: accessible, but you know, you've got, this, you're limited, you know, it's not just a straight road alongside.
0: Yeah, cool, mate. So that makes sense, and so, so then we, we can kind of link that to, if you discuss the perception of that, right? So. Again, a big a huge thing behind Zosism is that it isn't actually the event themselves, right, that that upset us or disturb us, it's just our interpretation. And then the negative emotions that we associate with the failure are largely down to perception. And that's and that's one of the massive ways that actually I dealt with genuinely not being that upset about failing the the back race. I mean, there's an element of disappointment, but if this had happened a year ago. I probably would have thrown my toys right out of the ground and be like, "That's it! I'm never doing ultra running ever again." It's a load of crap. It wasn't my fault. It was all against me. Now it's actually being able to look at it in a very different way, and and you know, it's my interpretation there of what's happened, and I've really have managed to frame that as a win. So those normal negative emotions which could rise up, I know actually that's just how I perceive them. So. And anyone else got like a past failure that they want to share where they can rewrite that narrative and we can do it together as a group. And and how could that failure be viewed as an opportunity for, for growth? So, I mean, I, for example, for me personally, that failure just massively highlighted for me, the chinks in my armor. And I would have never have highlighted those chinks if I hadn't had that failure and it, that is, you know, that isn't the fucking textbook definition of growth, I don't know what is. You know, fixing those chinks. So, and anyone else got a, you know, an example that they'd like to share where we can try and rewrite that narrative to see it as an opportunity for growth. Cool. We'll just work on mine. <laughs> so,
1: I, uh, I, 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 one of the things I was just thinking of is you know David Goggins. You know what he speaks of is some, something's not a failure unless you don't learn from it. You know, and yeah, in his yeah. book, he talks about having to do you know going three times to be trying to be a SEAL mm. You know, and, you know he, that was what his ambition was. That you know, and he's a, you know, you know, he's a really determined guy. You know, and it was just that going back and learning from what he'd, he'd learned before.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, And I think he's he's an interesting character, mate. Right, and actually, I I wasn't a huge fan of his first book. And I think he, I think he actually came across as, as fairly emotionally immature in that first book. But with his second book out, you can it's it's really refreshing, I think, and you can actually see his development. And looking back on reflection, I think he'd probably actually done that on purpose um, with that logical follow up to the second book. And you can really see how he changes perception on, on stuff like that. So, have you done both books mate? or just the first one? I've
1: just done the first one.
0: Yeah, mate, second book's second book's even better, I think. Second book's even better. It's a bit more it's a bit more nuanced, mate. So that'd be a be a great one to dive into. So yeah, I mean he very much he very much, you know, would put everything into everything, wouldn't he? And he did he did learn and he did he did grow from those failures. And if he hadn't learned from those failures, he wouldn't have got to where he got eventually. So and that is now how we, how we can see it. And, and I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of going, ah, but it wasn't a failure. It's all okay. We still have to look at the facts and we still have to face up to the facts go, you know what, you know what? Actually, I didn't set out what I wanted to achieve, but that's okay. And I think a lot of stuff that's going on nowadays, people dress failure up. Like, oh, it wasn't failure, it's still a success. It's like, no, let's not fucking sugarcoat it. It was a failure, but just because it's a failure, that doesn't mean to say, you can't take good stuff from it, and you can't also take successes. And I think that's important. I think that's important to not sugarcoat stuff, but still say, "Hey." And I, you know, if I if I hadn't have failed, I wouldn't have got the lessons that I got. And I've been I've been pushing continuously to try and take myself to that point where I was going to fail at something. So, and in a way, I finally I finally fucking got what I was asking for, right? Which is um, which is a good which is a good one. And then that is where we get that opportunity for growth from. I think that would take us through to might be getting my pronunciations all wrong here, but uh, a more ease, which is the, the love of fate, And what, what's encouraged in stoicism is, is to embrace everything that happens to us. So including the failure, right. And th- this ties in perfectly into the whole, you know, rewilding philosophy, really. So how can embracing failure help us get back to our primal roots? And if, if we, link that back to what we were just talking about there if i hadn't hit that failure i wouldn't have been able to take it back to my roots and reassess what i needed to reassess i wouldn't have pulled out those chinks and been able to say right i now know that if i want to do this again in four years which is what what i'm aiming for i now know that i've got four years right to to fix those chinks and this is a case of also you know, being realistic, still being ambitious. I, I spoke to some people about this and they're saying four years, you don't need four years, you can do it again in a year. And it's like, well, look, yeah, maybe, but I'll be sacrificing. If I was to go back and redo it in a year, I'd literally be sacrificing the lessons that I learned this year to go and just do it quicker to please someone else. Like, Whereas I know the chinks that I've identified and how I need to build that are going to fit into my five-year plan. I know by about year four, I should have those chinks ironed out and I'll be able to... To go in and tackle that head on. And you know what's would would you say Mo, that you've had a, you know, that was there a point in your life where you did really change your and shift your perception towards failure to a more to a to a healthier one?
1: Well, yeah, I mean there's been lots of things I and mean, I, I guess you know in too much you know detail I and mean, there's been lots of things that have knocked my self-esteem quite considerably over life. You know. Um, mm. and but you know I suppose in it's each time I try to come you know you, you make that new version you know you, or you move on
0: mm.
1: so I I think it's it, it's good to have that kind of you know I never you know I never really was a com- particularly competitive person at all and you know particularly, you know, and it's always, if I was involved in sport, it was always purely recreational. You know, to the point of yeah, I didn't like anything that was competitive. You know, and then bizarrely, I started doing the odd mountain bike event, and that kind of got me into you know, and it was more for completion rather than it was, you know, complete a circuit rather than it was to compete.
0: Yeah. Yeah, nice. And that's the classic being able to move into like a you know, a you versus you type thing and being yeah. very clear on what your goal is and what you actually want to get out of that race or get out of that event. Yeah. Um missed this in the chat for that. Sorry. So so you were saying for me it's it's being able to it's being unable to control your consistency when the going isn't as good going. So as you say, it's great when you're winning but a diversion on the road happens and it's like going off piece. And this is this would literally be linking it back to um that role of perception. And It not the event it not going off piste that is actually upsetting you but it's your your reaction and your emotion towards going off piste that then upsets you and that then compounds the problem so and, and this is really really about well one avoiding perfectionism and two learning to be okay with failure and genuinely seeing it as an opportunity for growth and you know this talk now, like this is just this is going to go out as a podcast, right? So this is just a podcast, and there'll be people that listen to this podcast and they're like, oh, yeah, i my you know done my self work today. I've, I've listened to this podcast," but that that's just sort of like passively listen to some information. That's doing that is the same as going. I want to get uh, stronger on bench press, so I'm going to listen to a podcast about bench press. It's it's, it's not going to do fuck all. <laughs> like, you need to actually go and do the reps, right? So it is about like really actively trying to to practice the things that we're talking about, and you can do that in what I like to almost term like just the theatre of your mind or just in your mind's eye, and really genuinely run through those situations and without sounding fucking too morbid here, but just you know metaphorically sit with yourself in a dark room. And and do that work on yourself and run it through your head and really think about it. And that takes some unpicking. And it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. I know we spoke about this on, on the, the Monday call, but that's definitely the way to start really looking at that is, is avoiding perfectionism and then really being able to understand that it's not going off piece that's causing the problem, it's the reaction to going off piece that's causing the problem. And when you can get on top of that emotional brain and use the rational brain to start making those decisions and that takes practice then we're we're going to be absolutely laughing and, and we start to see that that progress there and it's it's almost saying you know if you can if you can be like well you know what this has happened for a reason now i don't i don't believe in fate. i don't believe things happen for a reason but i do believe that if you can start to look for the opportunities in fate if that makes sense you you, everything starts to make sense a little bit more and then going back to the classic um you know the obstacle is the way so the impediment to action advances action so what stands in the way becomes the way and this encapsulates the idea right that failure isn't a barrier it's a path forward and i i will swear by this and i I had a conversation this morning actually with someone around this that when you hit that barrier, when things get really hard, when you feel like you've hit a brick wall, that is genuinely the best fucking thing that can happen to you because you you do not... That means you've reached your limit and you need to solve a problem to take it to the next limit. Like, that, that's, a, that's a fucking brilliant place to be. That dissatisfaction is so good, right? Because that means you're about to have a breakthrough and take it to the next level. All you need then right, all you need to then take to the next level, you just found it, is some resilience to just hold the line whilst you figure out the how. And I love days like that where the, where the, where the challenge is, right, how am I going to do this? Like that's, that's, a, that's such a good place to be. And I I love it. I love those challenges when I have days where I'm like, right, how do I figure this out to take it to the next level? And that only ever happens, right, when, when I sort of hit that breaking point and i get to the point where i can't go any further with my previous how and i've got to find a new how to solve this problem um and when you when you again this is just seeing failure as that opportunity for growth dissatisfaction is that opportunity for growth and does does that make does that make sense to you Colette? and do you think you'd be able to transform that obstacle so i.e. the obstacle of coming off peace or or failure into an opportunity and if you could do that how do you think it would shape your journey um so so yeah cool it does make sense and and at the minute you're looking at the lens approach taking seven habits of effective people which helps to positive make an impact yeah that's awesome awesome cool so if we this did really just starts building the picture right and really seeing the obstacles is the way, so when we start building this, when we start building this all together, what we what we're looking at is you know the ability to push through failure is going to basically you know that is resilience. With this, we need to look at what is in our control. Of and often failure stems from us focusing on factors that were never in our control to begin with. So we're putting energy into something that we can't change. we've got our role of perception in failure and actually it's the negative emotions we often associate with failure are largely down to perception and that's the problem is our perception not actually the failure then embrace everything that happens including the failure and this ties back into that philosophy of, of embracing failure to get back to our roots to find out what's gone wrong to fix the problem right at the root right and when we see obstacles as a way of doing that all of a sudden is really helps us shift really helps us shift our um you know our outlook on stuff and then there's an argument that inner virtue is enough for a good life right so just literally being a good person is, is fucking good enough to make you feel good right and this could debunk that societal narrative that Failing in external ventures equates to being a failure in life, right? So I went felt that race. Does that make me a failure in life? No, of course it doesn't, right? Because I still had a great time doing it. It was that you know, it's being able to separate yourself as a person from the task. Does that does that resonate? Totally. Yeah.
1: Totally. yeah.
0: And and I like, think that yeah. can help dissolve. Sorry, go on, man. No, just
1: thinking because. Yeah, it, you know, it's that thing, you know. You, you want to complete an event. You know, you don't want to do the short course. You want to do the full. You know, you yeah. you to get you. Know, you you've got that thing. I want the whether it's a t shirt, the badge, you know, whatever it is at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I'm looking for you know. It can be something like that just to keep you know keep you going through it. Yeah. You know, I, and it, and it's that thing. You know, I know, I know when I did that Starman Triathlon you know, it's a middle mm. distance triathlon that starts at midnight and it's got a couple of, it's got a Monroe involved, in, you know, and a Nice. And, a, and a, it's got a cycle, you have to cycle up to the ski centre on um, Chris, mm. uh, to, to do, you know, as a bike ride, so it, it's it was a challenge and, you know, and it was that, just getting to the end, you know, that's what I've set out, that's what I want to do and that was, it was a real almost stopped short of the finish line because i was going to finish it if that makes sense it was going to be a project over yeah but it was that once i got to the other side it was that wow i've done it you know and that's that's what i was yeah feeling was what i was chasing
0: yeah mate awesome awesome and and we could almost tie that back to that yeah tie that back to the sort of you know virtue is sufficient for happiness right because like, like you say, that's what you were chasing—that feeling of, of accomplishment and that feeling of, of, almost, you know, like living a living a good life. And that helps, you know. So, I see so many people, and I, I was, mate, I was probably at my worst at this when I was in the court to be honest, but absolutely fucking paralyzed by a fear of failure. Fucking paralyzed by it. And I really, I, you know, I stopped myself progressing because I didn't want to put myself out there for a fear of failure. And and when we look at that idea of virtue being sufficient for happiness and being able to separate yourself from the task in you, that helps resolve that fear of failure. And another good one for this is um, sort of negative visualisation. So I touch on this a lot of time with people in, in one of the first coaching calls I do with people, and this was is around positive mental attitude. And, yes, I'm a big fan of positive mental attitude, but, again, this is the thing it just gets taken out of context, right, and people will just go, oh yeah, no, everything's brilliant, it's great, it's going to be really easy. And a lot of the time, it's not brilliant, it's not great, and it isn't going to be really easy. And what you're doing here is you're using your, your rational brain to talk to your emotional brain. And your rational brain has just said to your emotional brain, it's going to be really easy. So your emotional brain goes, ah, great, nice. Your emotional brain then goes into the event or the situation or the course and it isn't really easy and it fucking throws its toys out the pram because it goes you told me this is going to be a piece of this so by actually accepting the fact that stuff can be incredibly difficult but actually if failure does happen it's never going to be as bad as you think it is right it really helps prepare for that happening and again helps avoid that fear of failure so if there's a if there's a challenge you're currently facing if you visualize the genuine worst case scenario that can happen there and then mentally prepare yourself for it, that will lessen your fear of failure. And, and I mean like, like really see it through. So like one thing that, that's could be a good one to look at here is if we go like to the extreme, it's like, Oh my God, like I'm going to get sacked. Right. Jesus Christ this is terrible. I'm going to get sacked. Right. But really, genuinely right what's going to happen you're going to get another fucking job right you're going to get another job you're going to learn those lessons chances are you're, you're probably going to go into a better role that then ends up being a higher paid because you you know so when we when we really use our logical brain to really look at stuff step back that instinctive and emotional brain and use some visualization we can really quash that fear of failure and prepare ourselves for what might for what might happen I think that's a kind of nice way to you know nice way to wrap that up really and any questions any anything anyone wants to dive into around that